and we are live. Welcome to the 10th episode of our series, How to Become Fluent in English. So if you're anyone who needs to learn English for traveling purposes, for school, for work, or even just for fun, then you are in the right place. So today we're going to be going over, touching a little bit on the old school methods and the new school methods and which one will work best for you to make you fluent in English as soon as possible, like our guest here. So before we interview, before we introduce our guest, we, if you're watching this on YouTube and you'd like to support the channel, you can do us a favor simply by liking the video as it's going to help the YouTube algorithm spread the message to other people who are also trying to improve their English skills as liking the video, I believe is the most important metric on YouTube. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest here. So Poppy, who are you and how are you fluent in English? Hi everyone. Um, yep, uh, the name is Poppy. Uh, I was born and raised in Thailand. Um, I think why, how I am fluent in English is um, is a bit of a long-winded uh, answer. I would say um, I did self-study uh, in terms of you know speaking English and listening English, uh, mainly from uh, listening to music and um, trying to pronounce the words as per the singers were pronouncing it. So I think that was my main method of, of learning. But I think more, most importantly, at the time when I was doing it, I didn't really think of it as learning method. I think for me, I just really enjoyed um, being able to sing the songs. So that's how I sort of pick up, you know, the words and sort of able to... Uh, combine the words together and work on the pronunciation. So I think that's that's the short version of it. And I think maybe we just leave it as that for now. Sure. And how many languages do you know fluently? Just two, uh, Thai and English. I see. Okay, nice, nice. So to start off, let's touch on nonverbal communication here. So for the people trying to become fluent in English right now, would you say that writing is still relevant? seeing how everyone's on social media, they're typing, they're texting. Do you think the art of writing in English can still benefit someone who's trying to become fluent? I think so. And I think it also depends on your goals, right? Because if your goal is to just basically to communicate with someone um, at a very casual level, you know, just on the streets or whatnot, then writing is probably not as important. But I do believe that for the majority of the of the students and us that want to learn English or, or be really good at it, we want to have that skill so that we can progress in our job and, and do well at work or stand out uh, in front of other candidates when you apply for jobs. And I think that's when writing skills does come in handy. I mean, I've seen, you know, and, and sometimes um, even native English speakers themselves, like their spelling skills may not be the best and it shows. And uh, I think in professional level, it, it doesn't look nice. So I do think writing is still important if you really want to, um, you know, use this skill um, as a bonus from, as like with your work. But yeah, it all depends on the goal, but I still do think it's important. I see. Okay. Mm. And yeah, I'd agree with most of what you said. So just in your opinion, which do you think would be the most effective for someone trying to become fluent in English? Would you say it would be texting, 
leaving voice messages, phone calling, being on FaceTime, out of the different things you can do with a cell phone, yeah. which do you think would be um, the most efficient for someone trying to become fluent in English? I think, um, you know, I, I thought about this a lot. And I think thinking back in my learning years and, you know, looking at my friends or my family, as a non-native English speaker, the things that we struggle the most, I would say, is speaking. So I think, and, and, and it's, you know, so a lot of time we will, we understand English, but we don't know how to respond to, to the questions or don't really know how to speak it. So I think the most beneficial beneficial way to learn or most effective way to learn, especially if you want to speak English fluently as, you know, as quickly as possible would be ways that would allow you to speak. So yes, FaceTiming someone is a brilliant way because then, you know, not only you're practicing your listening skills, but you're also speaking to someone, right? And it's also, you know, with, with FaceTime, you're not really giving you're not really allowing yourself as much time as you want to respond. So it's quite immediate, spontaneous. So I think, yeah, face hamming is a good way to, to, to learn. You know, watching movies, series, and, and, and all um, those things, I think, or listening to music, um, they can be really good too. But again, you know, just, just listening only, like, it, it's not, um, I don't think it's, it's the most effective way to do after listening and watching the films or movies then it's probably handy to sort of repeat the sentences you know trying to mimic the words that that, that people say on the screen and yeah so anything that involve getting yourself to speak I think that's that's the most efficient way definitely and it's really interesting because people have some people learn better one way and other people mm. learn better another way and I always say that, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen, I think that for most people, they actually need all of the skills working in tandem to really put the pieces of the puzzle together in their head. So yeah. I always say all of those methods that you just listed are all, um, they're definitely great for improving your English. But I'd say that for a beginner or for an absolute beginner, uh, you definitely need to learn the fundamentals first to build a nice foundation. And then once you have that foundation, you understand the rules of English, you understand how it's different from your native language, then all the pieces of the puzzle can come together in your head. And then it'll be much, much easier to watch the TV, to watch, to um, read the subtitles while watching, to listen to music and to really immerse yourself in practicing all the other skills. But yeah. um, a lot of people make the mistake, unfortunately, of jumping right into speaking and listening right from scratch but they don't mm. really have a clue about any of the rules of the language and they end up very confused by what they're consuming. Yeah. That'd be my two cents on that. But, um, but yeah, that it's not impossible. Like it has been done before people who have learned languages completely uh, orally, mm. but it's um, I think you're making life harder than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Right I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, you need to, to have some sort of like fundamental, um, knowledge right and I think that's what um, you know at schools um, that's what a lot of countries teach anyways you know you you normally get like um, the basics of like the writings and um, spelling and all that but um, listening and speaking perhaps um, not so much so yeah I think like whatever um, you're studying right now 
you know, you, you if as long as you have the good fundamentals um, at the speaking and listening on top, that will make, yeah, that will make life easier. Yeah, you're right. Definitely. And then speaking of verbal communication, so which methods do you prefer to use or did you prefer to use when you had to become fluent in English? Which methods did you use to improve your uh, pronunciation? To improve pronunciation, I just um, sometimes I would, um, I mean, even now when I'm not sure how to pronounce certain words, I would still you know, Google um, the word and pronunciation. I think the 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 thing about pronunciation is, you know, there is an element of accent into it as well. So um, the the best way to learn is probably listening to um, how people speak and and just trying to um, yeah mimic it or mirror it. And that's pretty much what I did with uh, music because. Um, you know that that is at that was the point where my pronunciation or accent or the speed of uh, my speaking really improved. I see that. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. And uh, before I, I'm going to ask you a follow up question about that, but before that, let's just address some of these chats here. Okay. So we have Miles, keep up the good work. Your channel helped my foreign friend learn to speak English. Shout out to your friend. It's naive. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. Um, what does what does fundamentals mean? So it's spelled differently. I'll spell it in the chat here. What I said earlier. Fundamentals. So basically, the fundamentals. It simply means um, essential skills that you need, uh, basic skills that you need. So um, what's an example here? The fundamentals of English would simply be to know basic writing skills, basic speaking skills, basic listening skills, essentially common sense. When I say the fundamentals, I mean to put it into practice when you're a beginner learning the English language, I would always recommend and I recommend to everybody that if it's possible, they get a grammar book in their native language, outlining the differences between their native language and the English language. And then that will put everything together for you. So basically, it'll cover all of the essential vocabulary that you're going to hear every single day on the street. It's going to cover um, basic rules to sentence a structure properly with correct grammar. Um, so to be concise and to answer your question, the fundamentals simply mean um, basic and essential skills that you'll need probably to use in everyday life. Yeah. Um, if I may, uh, Avery, I'll just like yep. to add something here. I, I think um, I, I like that you um, recommend people to get um, grammar book in their language. And I think personally for me, what, um, you know, in terms of if we're speaking of fundamentals, I would say, uh, and, you know, tell me if you agree, but I think the only three centers um, that they need is just past present and future you know I, I think as a fundamental like that's it that's all you need to do know like the three sentence uh three tenses and the rest I feel like you don't really have to worry about it until you know you progress up to the next level of fluency definitely because that comes down to your active and your passive vocabulary so mm. um, the vocabulary that you're actually going to use to articulate yourself you're absolutely right you only need the past 
basic present and um, the future. But yeah. it's um, when it comes down to your listening skills, however, um, for your passive vocabulary, you're going to want to have a wide array of words yeah. in the back of your head so you can at least understand what they mean. But um, once you get to a certain point of learning English, uh, you're going to be able to use common sense to guess what new words you hear mean. So for an example, um, the first time I heard the word a conundrum, in the context that somebody said it, I could already understand that it meant that it was a problem or it was something that was difficult to solve. Um, without even looking up the definition of the word, you can kind of guess what certain things mean based on the, um, the context in which they're delivered. Yeah. So um, you, could, you can definitely, once you get to a certain point, I'd say probably the intermediate level, then just passively through life experience, you'll probably develop a, a wide array of vocabulary. So do be patient. It does take time. Uh, but yes, that's typically how it works. That how, that's how it worked for me when I had to learn a new language. And uh, I see that with a lot of the people I advise as well. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you think that someone can learn to speak in English without conversing with native speakers? So let's say they're in a country where there aren't very many native English speakers um, and they want to do everything by themselves. They're not going to use other native speakers. They're just going to use themselves, the, their book, the internet, um, but they're not really going to converse with any real people. Do you believe that's possible? That someone yeah, could become fluent that way. Yeah, 100%. Without using real humans or real human interaction. I think you can uh, reach a certain level uh, of fluency uh, without speaking to a native uh, speaker. And um, the only reason I say that because I kind of um, did that myself. So when I was uh, learning English and when I was listening to music, I would print out uh, the lyrics of the song and then try to sort of sing the song, you know, pronounce the words and all that. And um, I, I, it was just like a space of a year or two year. I feel like after I did that, you know, and this was, I was living in Thailand at the time, so I didn't really have any communication with any native English speaker. But after that year or two, I noticed that my English was already much better than my uh, than other students, and it was just I, I just couldn't explain why. So I think if you practice, you can become certain level of fluency. However, your sort of um, the vocabularies that you have in your you know your library might not be as large as someone who has conversed or interacted with native English speaker. And also perhaps, you know, the way you speak might be, might not be what people will say in, in real life, but you can still be fluent, but it might not be sort of current or natural. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It would be, um, it would be different. Yeah, I wouldn't say it would be broken per se, but um, it, yeah, it definitely wouldn't be the same. Um, you wouldn't structure the way you think in English and the way you articulate yourself in English the same way as someone who did use real human yeah. interaction, yeah. for sure. And then I always get into this debate 
with other English instructors. So it's always a heated debate of which method is better for improving your listening skills. In your opinion, I want to hear your opinion first. Do you believe that podcasts are more beneficial or TV shows and movies? For me, I would probably think uh, TV show or movies with subtitles, um, English subtitles. That's my personal opinion. Just and and this also depends on the level of one's uh, English, right? Because like you know, if we're talking about vocabularies, for example, like the word fundamental right there if you you know kind of listen to the word you never heard the word before you don't really know how it's spelled I feel like sometimes you don't even sort of pick up or you don't even learn the word if you see what I mean so I feel like listening to uh, to uh, watching movies series with a bit of subtitle um, I feel like it is a better way to learn because then you can sort of link you know, what you may have already know in written sentences or written words to what you've just heard. So I think it's, it's the linkage between the, the, the two skills there. With podcasts, I feel like you are just listening. And, you know, mind you, like sometimes I listen to podcasts um, 15 minutes after I forget what was being said. So <laughs> it's... Um, yeah. Um, Not very good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I was just, um, yeah. You know, sometimes you listen to things and you're not very listening actively. Um, I find if you watch a movie with a subtitle, sometimes you, 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 you watch it and you listen to it more actively than a podcast. But that's my personal uh, experience. Okay, I see. And uh, before I get my take on that, I'm just going to address some of the chat here. So John Berger, I like movie shows. Yeah. <laughs> Truzel, uh, sorry if I butchered your name. So hello, sir. Hello, everyone. Hello to you. Serge, wow, such an impressive, pure British accent. I tip my hat to the guest of this video. Bravo. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> you, have a, you have a fan, Poppy. That's <laughs> really <laughs> uh, John Berger again. Give me now. Nope. Uh, I think there's about like 10 of you guys in here. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, any comments, feel free to jump in. We'll address them all and uh, we'll try to help you out with your English fluency. So <clears throat> especially directed at you, John Berger, who likes uh, movies and uh, TV shows. So I'm more on the side of podcasts, but <laughs> there are pros and there are cons to both, to be fair. Um, I always say podcast because like the discussion we're having right now, it's a more realistic English conversation that two people are going to have with one another. Whereas mm -hmm. with TV shows and movies, oftentimes they're dramatic and they create scenarios and scenes that are not realistic at all and that you will not face in real life pretty much. And people overemphasize and exaggerate the way that they articulate and deliver certain messages, in my opinion. Yeah. However, the pros to TV shows and movies is it actually gives you a visual. It gives you imagery. And I think that it is very important that people associate imagery to words in their head instead of trying to translate word for word in their head into their native language. Because the figure of speech is 100% going to be different than your native language. So um, 
it's good in that sense. And you can also use subtitles with the visual, which um, allows you to improve your reading skills your, and your listening skills simultaneously. So it's more efficient in that sense. But I still recommend to people podcasts, in my opinion, rather than TV shows and movies, simply because um, you're going to develop more realistic um, skills <laughs> through that, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And even reality TV, we all know that's not actually real life, though. It's not it's not very realistic situations. So no. if the uh, Kardashians go to the grocery store, it's it's, it's not going to be the same situation when you go to the grocery store. It's not. A, <laughs> if you understand. <laughs> and uh, John Berger says here, I agree to it. By the way, I'm Chinese. I'm watching you teach English words every day. I like it so much. Thank you. Shout out to you, John Berger. Do you have any anything else to say on that, Poppy? Yeah, I think you make a really good point. Actually, um, I didn't think about um, the you know the the reality of it, um, but yeah, I I think um, I, I think my last point will be, you know, everyone is going to be different, right? That that's why I think you you have a heated debate um, because everyone just prefer different things. So maybe pick one and try for a couple of months, see how it goes and, you know, then try another method, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was having this discussion with another content creator, Mike the Chameleon, shout out to Mike. He, uh, he was basically talking about how um, the learner really needs to be captivated or really needs to be interested in what they're learning. Mm -hmm. So when you do things in a more dramatic way, it kind of captures their attention a lot more. Yeah. So it was a good point. Yeah, there's. I think there's pros and cons to both. I just lean slightly on the uh, podcast side. And then um, now regarding music and just poetry in general, do you think that listening to very um, poetic music and very complex music that is uh, contains a lot of wordplay, I guess, do you think that's a an effective way of improving your listening skills in English because most people aren't going to speak in um, poetry in real life, you know, They're not going to speak mm -hmm. in rhymes. So would you say music is an effective way to actually improve one's uh, listening skills? I mean, it did, it did for me, but you know, those songs that I learned back in the days, they were, they were really not the kind of songs that uh, young ones are listening now. So and it's, it's, it's probably more realistic and, and simpler in terms of you know even the words um you know I was listening to like um, I don't know like oh my god just going to tell my age but like West Life you know my love that kind of thing so those you know I, I feel like if you find certain type of music certain type of songs that um, the, the 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 vocabularies or the words are not too complicated and they're the ones that you can use on a day-to-day life then i i still do think you know music is a good way to learn i mean that's how i learn and um even um certain songs like you know like rap music for example I th and i think my my pronunciation and accent improved a lot from there was a period of time i was listening to linkin park and and i can rap in every um linkin park song and i feel like that really helped uh, with how i speak so, yeah, I, I, yeah, certain type of music I do think is helpful in, in, in learning to incorporate it as part of your learning. Yeah, definitely. I'd say like 
more so for acquiring vocabulary words mm. than really like conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's better. And also the pronunciation as well. I practice how things are being spoken. I, mm. I think that helps in that. True, exactly. As long as it's not like on one extreme end of the spectrum or mm. another. If it's like crazy, heavy metal music where even native English speakers can't understand what's being said yeah versus um something that's more universal for sure yeah and then um a few more comments here oh <laughs> gordon 16 i'm from england oh, shout yeah. out to england there you go poppy's uh, also based in england <laughs> john Berger, yes yes the music it's useful it can improve my english um yeah if, if it works for you if you think that it works for you then keep going at it um as long as it works for you I like Linkin Park so much. <laughs> Shout out to Linkin Park. I haven't listened to them since I was like in uh, middle school <laughs> or high school, <laughs> probably uh, 10 years ago or so. They were, they were, uh, they had some bangers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about formal versus informal English here. So if you had to pick one, to just speak for the rest of your life if you could only speak casually or if you could only speak very formally which <laughs> one would you pick and in other words which one do you think is more important if someone learning english had to choose one? Oh, um i would pick speaking formally um just because you know, in terms of jobs, prospect, um, professional environment, you need some sort of uh, formal communication. And I think sometimes it's uh, kind of similar to it's better to be overdressed than underdressed. So <laughs> perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see. But, that, but that's my opinion, right? I mean, like if, 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 you know, if I could pick, if I have to pick one, I, for me, it would be formally, um, just, you know, for workplace sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of a loaded question because it depends on the, um, it depends on the learner's lifestyle. Yeah. If they're going yeah. to be in the corporate worlds and they have to pick one or the other, then yes, they should only know formal even though they're going to sound awkward when they're in social settings where everybody's speaking casual and they're speaking. Formal. Yeah. I've definitely seen that before with the people learning English. They, they use very formal words, mm. in a very laid back com uh, conversation or something like that. So um, yeah, I would actually agree with you on that one. That formal is probably the best way to go. Plus it's the most universal. If you go to an airport anywhere in the world, um, better to speak formal than casual. Mm. Um, I'd say that casual is much better for building relationships with people, um, okay. to be able to speak freely like that. I think that is going to improve your social life a lot more if you're somebody who's learning the English language. But, um, if you're just starting out and you need to know English ASAP for work purposes or something like that, then, um, I would definitely put an emphasis on formal English for sure. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. And then I was having this conversation with another guest, um, ESL Kate, shout out to Kate. It was um, about, she, she had a hot take. She was saying that um, she believes you can't even be fluent in English if you don't understand slang English. 
do you believe that slang English is imperative uh, for someone who's trying to immerse themselves in an English speaking city or country? They should, even if they choose not to use it, they should at least be able to understand what slang terminology means. Do you think it's necessary for English fluency? Uh, definitely a hot take, this one. Um, no, you know what? I is is um, my question would be then then what is slang English, right? Because like you well, know what, but, uh, but it's different everywhere. There's, there's different. There's yeah, but you know there's different levels to it. Like what's up is technically slang, but everybody could kind of guess what what's up means, right? But then if you say like um, something from a rap song that's just very foreign, like it's bussin or something like that, it's like some people will understand, some people won't understand. Like it's it's more used in hip hop culture or something like that. Yeah. So so that's why I I think it's it's not necessary because you know like what's that for example? That's a that's a good example because like in England I it's it's just not used, you know. Um, and and this may be a odd but yeah like people don't really use like not really like approaching someone and say what's up maybe uh gordon can confirm on that but you know like um slang such as i know in australia people say uh people use barbie uh to refer to barbecue and that's not used here neither nor in the u.s so to say that you know you, you need to know all the slang words to be fluent i i just personally i just don't think um I just don't think that's true because, you know, every slang words are different in every native speaking country. Um, so I think in order to be fluent, uh, and, and if we look at the word fluency, in order to be fluent, you should be able to speak to everybody uh, comfortably, right, and correctly. So slang doesn't really have anything to do with that so there's two points here that i'm making yeah that's true and uh, yeah um where you're geographically located that definitely plays a huge role in it mm -hmm. um, it's some places even just particular neighborhoods everybody speaks like even more so than they speak formal english so it's uh i guess you just have to kind of adapt to where you live that's that's yeah. very true and then just on a side note um if you were to advise someone who's let's say there's someone from Thailand and they only know Thai and they have to pick up learning English like today as soon as possible, would you recommend that they focus on the American accent of English or would you recommend that they focus on the um, European or British accent of English? Oh, what would you recommend to them? <laughs> um, hmm. I, I would recommend... Um... If they don't really have any specific goal of where they want to move to for work or study or where they want to be, then I would think American English because it's more universal, it's easier to understand. And for in a lot of Asian countries, you know, Thailand included, um, the English that is being taught at school is pretty much American centric anyway so you probably find uh, easy better more available resources if you were to learn american english in thailand rather than british english 
So I would say if you know absolutely nothing um, and you want to pick up English, I would say, and, and you don't really have an, any specific goal of where you need to move to, then yeah, definitely um, start with American English. You know, these days, like once you know, sort of um, when, once you know American English, there are ways that you can sort of change your accent or you know, sway your accent or sway how you pronounce certain words differently so your accent can change. But yeah, I, I would say Ameri American English is probably the easiest one to sort of learn and listen to, you know, and if we speak of slang in British English is, is I find there's just so many um, slangs and, you know, because Brit um, England or the UK is very rich in culture. It's, you know, it's reflected in the way they speak, the way they form sentences, the way they make joke. So it's just much more complicated. I, I find sometimes I don't even understand British jokes, but I do get a lot of, you know, jokes that my American friends say. So yeah, definitely American English. Definitely, I'd agree. American English, it's more universal, I think, for mm -hmm. most people around the world. Um, even as a native English speaker, I don't understand half of what British people are <laughs> saying. <laughs> so um, it's it's true. Um, I'd say the only thing that's harder to understand than uh, British people is probably Jamaicans, <laughs> Jamaican patois. I just mm -hmm. it's like they're singing. Like I don't I don't quite <laughs> understand. But but uh, yeah, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And um, a couple more chats here from John. Excuse me, what time can I see your live broadcast every day? I saw it for the first time today. I'm in Asia. Well, I usually do it at 1 p.m. Eastern time um, on Saturdays. So if you just Google 1 p.m. Eastern time to your time zone, then uh, that's when I'll be doing them usually on Saturdays or Sundays. Yes, American English. It's easy. Can understand. Yes, I, I would agree. It's uh, probably easier to understand for someone who... Uh, doesn't know it, especially because of the impact that Hollywood has. Um, yeah. Just most of the media around the world, even on the internet, it, it, it is closer to American English or American English is closer to the neutral English, I suppose. Yeah. And same thing goes for French too. Like, uh, I guess French in France is more neutral or closer to the neutral French than um, French here in Canada. It's, it's quite different. So that's, yeah. for, that's, that's for a lot of languages, for sure. Mm -hmm. And now let's talk about, um, where am I here? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So should English learners make an effort to proactively study the different accents of the English language? Or should they strictly just focus on the accent of English that is going to be spoken in the place that they're trying to live. So let's say that person in Thailand is going to try to move to London. Should they even make an effort to understand like other accents or dialects of the English language, or should they just focus on um, speaking English, like the way that people speak English in uh, London? Yeah, I will go with the latter, um, just focusing on, you know, where you're going. And obviously I feel like, um, wherever you are these days, uh, once once you're comfortable with the accent or the dialect of where you'll be moving to or where you'll be going, you know, that, that always, um, once you're comfortable with that, you can get 
more exposed to other accents you know with with um netflix and all this um uh, streaming uh, services these days like there's shows from everywhere right so you know regardless of where you live you can always still learn uh words or slang from other accent as well so yeah i don't i don't think i feel like um you know when it comes to accent uh it's sort of um just in time sort of basis so you you learn the accent um because you need it there's no point of you know um like being speaking like an an Australian person when you're going to like you know in the middle of um, England for example that you won't blend in right and it's it's kind of a complex question because I I give the example of London because it's Mm -hmm. a major city and there's people from all over the world who travel to live there so you're probably going to walk down the street and you're going to hear an Indian person speaking English with an Indian accent or you might come yeah. across a Canadian or an American. There's probably a lot of Americans who ditched their country and went to London. So mm-hmm. it's, um, I guess the only thing I'd say is you're right. They probably shouldn't proactively try to study different accents or else it's going to drive them crazy. Um, and it's yeah. going to really slow down their learning process. Um, just for the people learning English, it's important that you guys note that you're going to be able to understand different accents just really passively through life experience. And that unfortunately takes a lot of time and immersion. Uh, I wish there I could snap my fingers and you can just understand English universally in like three weeks or two weeks or something like that. But it, it's not realistic. You're going to need some life experience um, of hearing different people from different backgrounds to really get a good grasp of um, the English language. It's unfortunately, that's something that will take a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And even, you know, yourself um, as a native speaker, you are saying, you know, sometimes you don't even understand half the thing, um, like a British person would say, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's all about life experiences. I, even now, I, I work a lot with um, people from South Africa. And I, I do sometimes have trouble understanding the the, the accent. Um, so yeah, it, it does, it does take time. And um, yeah. Definitely. And before we before I ask you the final question here, we have another chat from John Berger. If I turn off the English subtitles, I'll not understand what you're talking about. So how can I improve? I watch a lot of American TV series, friends. Regarding the subtitles, so when I had to learn another language as well, being French, I needed to use the subtitles until I could even get to the level where I could turn them off. Um, I'd say that's something that you should do slowly and progressively um, once you find the subtitles a little bit easy. And um, it's really hard because even though the subtitles are there, you should challenge yourself and just try not to look at them and just try to focus on the listening aspect. It's hard when they're there, but you should never rely on them or else it's really going to impair your listening ability. And also that's another argument for why podcasts might be better too, because there are no subtitles and you have absolutely no choice but to force yourself to listen and comprehend what's being said. What's very, very important 
is that you are listening to stuff that you can understand. You're listening to stuff that is at your current level. Um, as a beginner, if you jump right in and try to listen to something that's talking about a very complex or complicated subject, uh, it's almost useless. Like you're not going to understand what's being said. It's important that you stick at your level. Once it becomes easy, then you move up and then you move up and progressively. That's how I would advise that. Um, what would you say, Poppy? Yeah, yeah, I think um, you've got a good point there, yeah, to sort of listen to things at your level. I think we don't really realize it at the time, but, you know, although you're watching a movie, your your brain does have to work a lot because it's in different languages, so you're, you're learning, right? So, yeah, exactly, I would agree with you, you know, like, um, like give yourself some time, like, let's say, if you normally watch like the whole film, uh, which with a subtitle on, try to, you know, watch without for five or 10 minutes and, and evaluate how much you understand and progress from there. It is, yeah, it, it is a lot of work. Um, so you need to allow some, some time to, to learn. Yeah, I'd say that if you're just trying to use the imagery or what's going on on the screen, mm -hmm practice it is doable but i'm gonna say it's probably gonna take you longer to figure every little thing out and it's going to uh, be a lot less efficient than just uh trying to understand you know close to everything yeah yeah thank you so much no problem john so for the final question here and i ask this to everybody who comes on to this show so Let's say um, we'll use John Berger in a past life, right? So he's a guy from China. He doesn't know a word of English, let's just say. And he comes up to you and he says, Poppy, I see that you became fluent in English. So how can I become fluent in English too? I know very little next to nothing. Um, I want to know how I can become fluent and how long it's going to take me to become fluent. How would you advise him? Wow. What advice would you give to him so on how to become fluent in English and how long it will take? I was, okay, so a few things. So first I would say practice um, a lot, you know, a lot. Make it your main focus if you want to reduce the time that you want to be fluent. Second of all, if you can, submerge yourself with a friend circle or the people that want to do the same so that you can speak to each other in English. Um, if you know of someone who's native or who loves speaking English anyway, befriend them and yeah, really submerge yourself in that environment. You learn a lot from people around you. Um, and yeah, third of all, how long it will take you know, it, it depends on how, 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 how serious you take it and, and how much you practice. I think I, I, I genuinely do believe that if you really practicing on your pronunciation, how you structure sentences and, you know, really practice your speaking skills continuously, daily, I think you could be, you know, very close to fluent in two or three years time. Yes. That's pretty good advice. Yeah. I take that. And then um, finally, do you have any, before we wrap up here, do you have any final pieces of advice for people in general, Poppy, um, just regarding learning English? Most of my audience, um, they're people from the Middle East, 
from Asia, um, always looking for ways to better their English skills, become fluent in English quicker. Do you have any other final thoughts or final pieces of advice to, uh, to give to people, to give to the listeners? Yeah, my final piece of advice is I would say to enjoy it. You know, I know like learning it is not fun, but, you know, language, um, language is a is a beautiful thing and um you, you should like try to enjoy the process and of course there's going to be some days that you know your brain is absolutely fried and you just don't feel like um you know speaking the language and you may feel like the progress is not as quick as you would like but you know practice when it comes to language you know practice really makes it perfect um yeah so so keep it keep it up really okay sweet i think my camera's frozen but it's okay it's the end of the show <laughs> it's actually uh, like your your camera was frozen so i wasn't sure if it was mine or yours <laughs> uh, i think i think it's mine it's okay though we're, we're done but <laughs> john Berger, i appreciate it so yeah shout out to you john i hope uh poppy and i were able to give you some um, good advice pokey um, pokey all right first time watching your channel thanks poppy for sharing today Come. thank you yeah she's high so you can oh, okay yeah. i see I can, yeah. <laughs> insider insider thing <laughs> okay um so yeah that's that's about it. So Poppy, where can they find you on social media if they, they want to find you, reach out to you, learn more? Yeah, so I um yeah, so on all social medias, um Instagram, YouTube, um, my <clears throat> name on that is Pokemon Tree. So yeah, those are the two main platforms I'm really active in. Okay, sweet. And we will put that in the description below as well. And um, if you're watching us, feel free to subscribe to the channel and follow us on our other social media platforms. It's just ARC English. Um, we try to make sure that you learn something new every single day. Uh, we'll be putting out content every single day. And uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to learn next, uh, just leave a comment and we'll get right to it. We take your feedback extremely seriously because you guys are the ones who are actually learning the English language. So if you need help with anything, don't hesitate. That's what we're here for. And um, on your way out, like the video, it's the most important metric for YouTube. Uh, you can support the channel by doing so. It's free. And until next time. Thank you. Bye.